Welcome to the Leaders of Lasting Impact podcast. My name is Matt Pohl, founder of the Rewild Group. We believe that as a fundamental part of the human experience, that work is not only essential, it's valuable, that work matters. That's why we're on a mission to multiply the number of exceptional businesses globally. We want business owners and their employees to thrive at work. Thanks for joining us for another episode where we discuss stories of how leaders are having a lasting impact on small and mid-sized businesses. Welcome to the Leaders of Lasting Impact podcast. I'm Matt Foley, your host, and this is Tony Marnetti. He is the Chief Inspiration Officer at Inspired Purpose Partners. That's a bit of a mouthful, Tony. Why don't you uh, start off by just kind of unraveling your role and you know what your organization does? I'm happy to. First of all, thank you so much for having me on, Matt. This is great to be in this space with you. Uh, we've connected in the past. I've had you on my show before, which is kind That's of a right. cool thing. Yeah. Um, so first of all, um, the Inspired Purpose, Inspired Purpose Partners, um, I got to slow things down. It's been a really hectic day so far. Um, <laughs> Inspired Purpose Partners is an organization that provides coaching, leadership development, and um, training for people who are looking for um, to up level themselves and their teams, um, especially when they're going through navigating challenging situations. I call it chaotic times, which seems like we're always going through chaotic times. Yeah. So uh, that's the service offering we we provide. Um, we work with small to mid-sized organizations um, and sometimes large, but most of the time it's um, small to mid-sized. Okay. And um, just to kind of give you some clarity around my name and my title, you know, Chief Inspiration Officer is not a common title, but it's one of those things where I have to earn that title every day. Mm. Um, by finding my connection to inspiration, but also finding ways to, to inspire others to operate at their best capacity. Um, you know, what I often say is that inspiration is the um, the conduit, it's the catalyst for change. And it's also the catalyst for, you know, finding our purpose along our path of creating the impact we want. Okay, well, that's cool. Um, tell me a little bit about your business background and, you know, yeah. kind of what led you here. Absolutely. Um, so my business background is really a, a very different um, background that you'd expect. I had a finance background. Um, I came into the world of business, first of all, with a, I was a pre-med major who switched into business uh, because I realized that I wasn't meant for um, being a doctor. Uh, <laughs> uh, even though it sounded glamorous, I realized that cutting people open every day was not going to be my bag. Okay. Um, I, I, I definitely fall into that category as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did um, find myself working in companies first in high tech, high tech, um, and then eventually found myself working in biotech. So I did find my way into the sciences. And um, what I was really passionate about working in the industry is finding the the connection to um, to how we're helping patients and understanding the science that goes into Things like gene therapy and, you know, RNA, um, mRNA. And this is the early days when I was uh, involved in that industry. But my particular role was in finance and strategy. So I did things like um, FP&A and accounting and 
also did some strategy around deals to help uh, bring in new assets and also to, to sell um, business units of companies that I was working with. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So you're in that kind of that corporate environment, it sounds like, you know, then was there a gradual or sudden shift where you said, I'm going to go do my own thing outside of that, that large organization? Yeah, and it was um, gradual, and then all of a sudden. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I think what happens is we we tend to um, build up, um, you know, the ability to adapt into our environment, and we see that okay, we can we can be able to to live in this world that we're in, and it's okay for a while, but then you realize it's all of a sudden that you're not meant for that. And yeah. so, what I mean by that, let me give you some. You know, clarity is that um, throughout my time in biotech, um, I loved the you know the learnings and all of the you know ups and downs. Um, but one of the things I realized is that I really um, I wasn't meant for numbers. Um, okay. And people would tell me like, "Oh, you've got a really good sense of people. You've got a great sense of the business." Um, and I would always say, "But this is I need to make sure that I'm the numbers person. I need to be analytical. I need to be this person who can." can um can see the uh, the numbers more clearly um and i more and more i started to realize that they were telling me something that i'm not the person who i thought i was okay interesting yeah and um it started to burn me out you know when you start doing things to be someone you're not then you start to realize that you're leaving a whole part of who you are out outside of yourself yeah um, or, or away from you know your ability to shine. Right. And so um, I started burning out and eventually found myself in a boardroom um, at a biotech company where I was looking around the room and saying like, God, I'm not, this is not who I want to be. This is not who I am. Mm -hmm. And I decided to get up and walk out. And mm. I decided at that moment that this is not how I want to live my life. Yeah. Um, and so walking out, I decided I'm going to change this room um, by by leaving this room and deciding on a different path that was going to be aligned with who I am. And I had to figure out who that was. Wow. Well, yeah, we, at the rewild group, we have a phrase highest and best, and we use it in the context of helping people understand and as an organization, trying to put employees, the team members into a place where they're, they're adding the highest value to the organization and we're using the best of who they naturally are. It yeah. sounds like you realize that that really wasn't your highest and best use, that there was something greater and different that you could really bring uh, value to an organization. Absolutely. And I, I don't want to, you know, kind of paint a picture of, I was like, you know, a failure. I was, I was in high regard. Um, yeah. I did great work. Um, and ultimately, you know, I was, you know, rewarded for it, you know, compensated wise and title wise, but ultimately I realized that that was all not rewarding for me. It was not fulfilling to me. Right. Right. Um, and that on the inside is where I started to feel this disconnect between, right. um, outside rewards and internal, um, fulfillment. Right. Yeah. Okay. So slowly, all of a sudden it happened and yeah. then you transitioned into what, what was that, yeah. that next step for you? Yeah. Well, the first step was, was a journey into business coaching, which was more 
um, you know, I say it not because there's anything wrong with business coaching, but because I knew how to look at businesses, I figured, oh, I'll coach businesses, which are made up of people. And I, you know, I know people, so right. I'll do that. And what I realized quickly is that that wasn't deep enough for who I um, who I wanted to be. Right. And so I started to go um, to, if you think about it, it's clicking down a notch mm-hmm. and said, well, who do I really want to serve and how do I want to serve them? And how can I best bring the best of who I am? And so I had to, you know, and use this, this is my tagline for my business is inspiration through honest conversation. I had to have an honest conversation with myself about who do, who am I? Right. I do that makes me come alive. And what I realized is it's about having a holistic conversation with people like leaders to understand both their, um, how do they run a business, but also how do they run their lives? How do they make sure that they're, you know, taking care of themselves, not burning out in the process of making an impact. Right. Um, so that switch came into the sense of like from business coaching to more leadership coaching and executive coaching. Um, and that's where my power started to get unlocked in working with people one-on-one. Okay. Uh, what, what kind of companies then have you been working with, you know, is it certain industries, certain sizes, certain geographic areas? Yeah. I mean, in the early days, it was more around, um, you know, working with small startup companies in biotech and in high tech. Um, and it eventually has, has gotten larger over time. Um, but the thing is it's, it's really comes down to that same ethos of like, okay, I find people who, who are leaders of organizations or rising leaders who have come to this place where they say, you know, something's not working here. Something's not where it needs to be. I'm Mm -hmm. not feeling fulfilled and I want to make an impact. Um, so I, uh, have continued to work with people in that place that I get to say the phenotype where they're feeling that sense of like, yeah, something's missing and it could be better. Yeah. Um, is, is that the kind of, maybe it's challenge isn't the right word, but kind of, um, a point where you're finding them, you know, I think you shared a little bit of this, but if you describe what, what that business leader is feeling, what they're experiencing at that moment, that seems to be uh, a red flag that it's like, oh, I can, I can help that person. Yeah. I mean, it comes through in conversation. You can, you can sense it, even Mm -hmm. though sometimes you don't hear them say the words exactly. Mm -hmm. You can sense it from how they're showing up, how they're talking about the way things are. They may say things like, you know, yeah, you know, I'm running this company and here's where we're at. And, you know, the, if they don't have like that, that all around, um, everything's great feeling, uh, in them, or they're seeing themselves knocking it out of the park, they feel like something's missing and they can, and you can tell the way that they talk about themselves and about their business, that there's something that they want more of, but they can't have it. Um, and, and it's the more is actually an interesting term because it's not about having more. It's about taking away certain things to be able to have them feel more. Okay. Right. So it's, it's a, it's a growth through elimination a lot yeah. of times as opposed to just adding more. Yeah, you know? exactly. 
obviously you bring a lot of personal experience to the table. Are there, are there methodologies or frameworks or things that you kind of either have developed or you've kind of incorporated into how you uh, provide uh, value to your clients? Yeah. Uh, one of the frameworks that I love working with people on, and this is one that has mean has been helpful to me personally, um, is this idea of the, it's called expand your vision, narrow your focus. And, mm. you know, I'll repeat that again, just to kind of, uh, for clarity, expand your vision, narrow your focus is about, um, really expanding your possibilities. So I get people to sit down and say, you know, what would be possible if you're able to expand the, the aperture of what you're seeing right now? Okay. If you thought bigger about okay. what you want to create, because oftentimes it's not that we um, don't know what to do. It's just, we haven't thought about what's possible mm. yet. Um, right. So getting expansive is the first thing, but then realizing that you can't do it all. Right. That's right. Um, and oftentimes I still get myself in that, in that place where I'm trying to do it all. And I'm like, wait, slow down, buddy. We need to get, you know, back into the focus of what is the most important steps I can take. How can I find that leverage point? And so that's where narrowing your focus is so important is to say, okay, what is the thing that I want to narrow my focus on now that I've gone expansive and seen new options, mm -hmm. which ones are going to be the bets that I want to take? Okay. Um, and so when I'm working with people, that framework helps them to think expansively and then narrow down and think about what they want to do to be able to get that next move made in their business, in their lives, whatever it may be that they're trying to tackle. Okay. You find that most of your clients, are they, do they tend to be CEO business owner types or is it further down within the organization, more key leaders? It's um, it's it's a across the spectrum. I mean, it's not always them just CEOs and business leaders, uh, business um, owners. Um, I'll also run into people who are running functions like a, you know, um, a CMO, a chief medical officer, or okay. a chief development officer, or you know, a CSO, chief scientific officer, um, or you know, levels down beyond that that are you know, a lot of scientists who come into roles that they 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 know scientifically what to do but they've never led people. And that gets them kind of stuck in this mode of like, I want to be more effective. I want to do this right. And I'm feeling overwhelmed. I feel kind of disconnected and it, it's challenging. Sure. Oftentimes we don't give people who need these, um, these skills, all of the tools they need to be successful. Yeah. No, especially like you said, that technician, especially the scientist, right? That's even further on that side of the, the spectrum of being intelligent and technical and, and then having to lead people. That's, that's a, that's a big chasm to, to kind mm. of cross. Yeah. Um, and I said earlier, this idea of like, you know, a lot of the, the, it's about impact and burnout, you know, higher impact and lower burnout. And, <laughs> you know, uh, they're driven for impact for sure. And if they're trying so hard to, manage the people side and also trying to manage the tech side. And they just are not figuring out the, the formula of how to get those two things right. Then it's going to lead to burnout. Right. Uh, what would be a, a standard kind of cadence or duration of an engagement that you would have with, with one of these business leaders? 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting how like it, it's, you start with like a, a high dose right? <laughs> using the language of, of biotech or, you know, as uh, therapeutics, you know, your high dose is really going to be, you know, at least twice a, a month where, you know, they're getting a high exposure and an impact early on to, to really figure out, you know, what's important, what do they want to conquer, get clear on the goals, usually some assessment work. And you do that for about six months. And then after about six months, it's, comes down to, okay, would we want to do like once a month? Do we want to kind of continue um, at the same cadence as we have? It all depends on where we're at. And um, I want to do a temperature check at that point and see, you know, where, where do they feel they need to be? Um, I've had clients who've stuck with me for five years okay. and, um, and longer and still here with me um, that have basically gone to a, just every once in a while, we connect and just check in to make sure that I'm holding them accountable to make sure that they've they're keeping in line with the things that they wanted to accomplish. And if they're having new challenges, they're facing that they want to check in on. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, you know, our, our audience always appreciates stories. Now you're working one on one with individuals, so we should be sensitive to that as far as, um, Hearing some stories, but it'd be great for you to share a story or two that uh, yeah. of a client that where they were, kind of what was the process and what was the outcome that you've seen. Yeah, well, I worked with a, a client who was in a you know high tech organization, not a biotech this time, uh, a high tech organization, and um, she was really struggling to get her team to you know, really come together and, and have, um, you know, a clarity about what each role, each person's role was and how they were going to be working together. It was, I think the key thing of it all was just having a cohesive mission and vision about, you know, what they were trying to accomplish. And so her biggest struggle was that communication was not great. And it wasn't just hers. It was the team in general. And so I said, you know, this is this is going to be something where you can start with creating a, a different tone of the organization. How can you start with yourself? And, um, you know, as we talked about how, you know, what does she want them? What is her vision for the team and how will they operate? We started to talk about the rules and, and principles that would, you know, kind of create the container for the team. And principles are an interesting concept because people don't think about principles as being something that would be um, important, but principles are like the leadership principles give people the guide, the guardrails as yeah. to how we operate. Absolutely. And so we started to create these principles that then she worked with the team to actually help them be part of crafting these principles, which then led to the um, them operating through these principles for about a year and by the end of the year, the, this team was like on, they were on fire. Um, they were working well together and they were seeing themselves as being, you know, being able to craft, you know, updates to those principles as they go along, as, as things needed to be changed, they, they would, but they felt like they were more engaged because it wasn't just something that was mandated by the leader. Um, mm -hmm. It was actually something that they were involved with. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, that was in the high tech space. What yeah. about an example in maybe the, the biotech? Yeah. Well, 
biotech biotech is definitely um, deals with a lot of setbacks. And so one of the things that I'm always dealing with in, you know, with leaders in that space is this idea of, of communicating, you know, the, the things that are setbacks in terms of clinical trial failures and what have you, especially when there's an impact on the team, potentially letting someone go. And so um, an example of that, so I worked with a company that was working in the oncology space and I had a leader who really was concerned about, you know, how do I break this news? You know, we have the, a clinical trial that didn't quite read out the way we wanted it to. And how do I make sure that the people on the team feel like their efforts are being, you know, celebrated, but also that we're not just, um, you know, glossing over this, you know, the right. setback, setback in the organization. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what we did is we uh, we talked about this idea of celebrating the the learning and not the failure. Okay. Um, and so we got together and had a meeting and talked about what do we learn from this and how can we make sure that we're not just brushing past this this event and you know looked at it with more of a, a celebratory tone. And uh, for the people who were not going to stick with the company, just making sure that we we gave them a sense of like, hey, this is something that we're really proud of you for being part of. And mm-hmm. you were leaving on a good note, not, you know, right. not because you failed or you've done something that is, you know, wasn't done right. So it was really a communication change and the tone of communication was really important. Mm-hmm. So you can see at the, at the cornerstone of a lot of these things that I've, I've done has a lot to do with communication, but it's about the stance you take in the communication that makes a big difference. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's, I would say that is a long journey from you being a a CFO kind of a type, right? To doing this kind of work. That's, uh, I can see how becoming aligned with that passion, that natural talent that you have has been a real good move for you. How long have you been doing that? What, you know, how long is this, uh, You've been doing inspired purpose partners or that kind of work. Yeah, it's been six years, so it's a it's a long but short time. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, and I think about the journey I've been on. Uh, it's been a lot of trial and error, a lot of ups and downs, as as any uh, entrepreneurial endeavor anyone can uh, can attest to. The first few years are challenging because you're still figuring it out, and Absolutely. and then you're still figuring it out as you go along, but um, because the economic challenges of, of the, you know, outside world continue to put you, um, on your, on your tip to your toes, which yeah. is great. Yeah. yeah. Well, great. Right. <laughs> like you said, it keeps you on your toes. It wouldn't be bad just to have a great robust economy for a few years. So huh? that would be nice also, but, um, no, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> If you were sitting across the table with a business leader who's, uh, you know, maybe struggling with some of the things or has reached that point that you often see uh, business leaders who reach out to you having reached, um, what's what's a word of advice? You know, just something that could be helpful to them at that moment. Yeah. Um, one thing I often say is. Um, what is not being said that should be said? Mm. Um, oftentimes we're afraid to, to say the things that are important yeah. um, to the team, to ourselves, to ourselves. I mean, that's a starting point. Right. And so um, 
what needs to be said that hasn't been said um, in this moment so that you can move forward in a more powerful way. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it is. When you're at the top, especially, it's like, you feel like you have, have to hold all that in, right? I mean, yeah. you can't share your weaknesses and failures with those below you. Um, yeah. That's in the sense, but you're right. We have to be, be able to be honest with the things we're struggling with. So, okay. Yeah. Okay, Tony. Well, that's that's some great great advice. And um, if somebody uh, listening to the podcast would like to get a hold of you, what what's uh, the best way for them to do that? Well, the best way to reach out to me is at my website, which is ipurposepartners.com. And if you go there, you'll find uh, my books, my assessments, all types of fun things. And um, that's the best place to find me. And then the other place would be on LinkedIn. Uh, um, just look for my name and, um, the, uh, instead of, um, the I at the end, there's a one. So you know, okay. look for my name. Okay. Well, that'll stick out. And again, uh, the I in ipurposepartners.com is just the letter I. Yes. Uh, <laughs> for inspired, inspired purpose partners. So, okay. And we'll put that in the podcast notes as well. So people can click on that and get a hold of you in a convenient way. So thanks again, Tony, for spending some time with me and our audience on Leaders of Lasting Impact. I uh, just want to thank our audience for listening in, and we hope that you'll join us for our next uh, episode. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we wish everybody a prosperous year. Bye now. Matt Pohl here. Thank you for watching this episode of Leaders of Lasting Impact. If you're a successful business advisor, I encourage you to go to leaders.rewildgroup.com where you can learn how to be a guest on our show. If you enjoyed the episode, please share on social media. You can also tag people that you think might be a good guest for our show. Just be sure to use hashtag leaders of lasting impact so we can see your comments and suggestions. We release episodes on a regular basis, so be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Finally, we really appreciate your ratings and reviews. Those go a long way with promoting our podcast. It really means a lot to me and our team. Learn more about the Rewild Group at rewildgroup.com, or you can follow us on LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.